Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Midtown Atlanta, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Now here's your host, C.W. Hall. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is CW. Thank you for checking out the Health Connect South radio show. On this week's episode, we sat down with Dr. Arun Mohan. He's the co-founder of a company called Radix Health. They're using technology to improve patient access to care, both in the physician practice as well as other ambulatory outpatient settings. Radix Health's flagship product called Dash is a patent-pending cloud-based software platform that optimizes ambulatory capacity utilization and reduces scheduling costs. So for those large practices often deploying a call center to handle their scheduling needs, it gives those people in those call centers the ability to more effectively place a given patient with the right provider. Oftentimes, to use an example, say a person calls in who's having ankle pain. They need to be seen by a foot and ankle surgeon in an orthopedics practice. Well, they don't need to end up being seen by somebody who doesn't specialize in taking care of foot and ankle injuries, for example. And sometimes this can occur in that kind of a call center scheduling-based process. In addition to helping schedulers make sure that a patient is seen by the right provider, it also helps optimize whether or not the right amount of time is allocated for that particular patient's needs. Certain visits take a few minutes and others take a lot longer and they want to make sure that they have those slots carefully mapped out on the schedule so that the patients spend less time waiting in the waiting room and being dissatisfied. Someone listening may think, well, we've already got a scheduling component in our electronic medical record, so we really don't need this. But the reality of it is the Radix Health Dash platform enhances that scheduling component such that the schedule can be truly optimized, reducing the open slots that come with cancellations, for example, uh, reduce the aggravation that comes with not scheduling the correct amount of time necessary for a given type of patient visit, and some of the automation features that it brings to the scheduling process so that savings can be realized, and it integrates very readily with existing EMR systems. Here's Arun describing how this technology concept came about. And one of the challenges we have after a patient comes into the hospital is what happens afterwards. And oftentimes they're trying to find an appointment with a doctor in a doctor's office. And typically the way this works is I will call, uh, you know, we'll, we'll ask a, a scheduler to make an appointment for a patient. And they'll come back and they'll say, well, you know, it's going to be three weeks before the doctor can see you. And unfortunately for many patients, that's not, it's not good enough. And so typically I'll pick up the phone. I'll call one of my physician colleagues and they'll say, hey, there's actually a ton of space in the schedule. I can make this work. And so the question is, why does that happen? And does it happen frequently? And it turns out it does. You know, the average wait time to see a doctor in the U.S. is about 15 days. If you're in Boston or California, that number is two, three, four weeks. At the same time, once you walk into the doctor's office, you're often waiting and you've probably experienced (laughs) this. 30, 40 minutes. Uh, but what's amazing is that on any given day, about 7 to 8% of the visits that doctors see, they would say are clinically inappropriate. So they should have gone to a different doctor. And what's even more amazing is that on any given day, about 10 to 30% of those appointment slots aren't actually filled because of things like no-shows, cancellations, inadequate load balancing. And so the question we asked was, why, you know, why does this happen? And there are all kinds of reasons, but one of the very important ones is how patients are scheduled. So right now, most clinics, most health systems use these calendar-based systems. So you're literally, it's just like you got it on your your computer. You've got a bunch of calendars open. You're trying Mm -hmm. to find 
which patient do I put into which slot? It's a very manual process. It's very subjective. Doctors, as you can imagine, have pretty complex preferences about the kinds of patients they think are appropriate for them. And that's very hard for a low-skilled worker to be able to do. It's just a, it's a very time-consuming process. And so what we asked was, is there a better way to do it? And so what we have is technology that really automates that process of scheduling. So we're trying to find who's the right doctor for the patient, what's the right location, what's the right appointment time, what's the right duration. And we do this in a way that's really seamless, integrates the current systems, and allows us to really take advantage of that existing capacity that exists for doctors. Stick around. I got the full interview with Arun Mohan of Radix Health coming up next. Good morning, everyone. It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Health Connect South radio show. We took a little break, but we're back. That's right. This is going to be our best show of the year, C.W. Jay Schaefer, in case you didn't recognize his voice, he's back with me in the studio. And our episode today, we're going to be sitting down with gentlemen talking about technology and how it's helping us in healthcare, particularly around patient access to care. Arun Mohan is the co-founder and chairman of a company called Radix Health. And he's taken some time to uh, talk about their solution. So thanks for taking time to join us in the studio. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. So for folks who haven't become familiar with the name, talk about the company, what you're trying to achieve. You know, my background is I'm a physician and I practice something called hospital medicine. And so for the last decade, I see patients who are admitted to the hospital. And one of the challenges we have after a patient comes into the hospital is what happens afterwards. And oftentimes they're trying to find an appointment with a doctor in a doctor's office and typically the way this works is I will call, uh, you know, we'll, we'll ask a, a scheduler to make an appointment for a patient and they'll come back and they'll say, well, you know, it's going to be three weeks before the doctor can see you. And unfortunately for many patients, that's not, it's not good enough. And so typically I'll pick up the phone, I'll call one of my physician colleagues and they'll say, hey, there's actually a ton of space in the schedule. I can make this work. And so the question is, why does that happen? And does it happen frequently? And it turns out it does. You know, the average wait time to see a doctor in the U.S. is about 15 days. If you're in Boston or California, that number is two, three, four weeks. At the same time, once you walk into the doctor's office, you're often waiting and you, you've probably experienced <laughs> yes. this uh, 30, 40 minutes. Uh, but what's amazing is that on any given day, about seven to eight percent of the visits the doctors see, they would say are clinically inappropriate. So they should have gone to a different doctor. And what's even more amazing is that on any given day, about 10 to 30% of those appointment slots aren't actually filled because of things like no-shows, cancellations, inadequate load balancing. And so the question we asked was, why, you know, why does this happen? And there are all kinds of reasons, but one of the very important ones is how patients are scheduled. So right now, most clinics, most health systems use these calendar-based systems. So you're literally, it's just like you got it you know, on, your, on your computer, you've got a bunch of calendars open, you're trying mm -hmm. to find which patient do I put into which slot? It's a very manual process. It's very subjective. Doctors, as you can imagine, have pretty complex preferences about the kinds of patients they think are appropriate for them. And that's very hard for a low-skilled worker to be able to do. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's a very time-consuming process. And so what we asked was, is there a better way to do it? And so what we have is technology that really automates that process of scheduling. So we're trying to find who's the right doctor for the patient, What's the right location? What's the right appointment time? What's the right duration? And we do this in a way that's really seamless, integrates the current systems, and allows us to really take advantage of that existing capacity that exists uh, for doctors. And from the perspective of the type of provider that we're talking about, does it matter? I mean, in terms of who can help? 
No, it really, any kind of physician practice is, is our target. You know, right now we're working with large specialty practices, groups like gastroenterology, orthopedics, uh, but really this applies to any kind of outpatient physician service. It also applies to outpatient hospital scheduling. So you're going in for your MRI or CT mm-hmm. scan. Those are things that we can help optimize as well. When you talked about the fact that a number of the patients end up being, as you said, not necessarily the best uh, appropriate complaint, I guess, for for what that physician would see, how does that happen? I mean, in terms of what do you find where they that they should have gone to someone else? Talk about yeah, an example of what we're talking about there. No, great question. So an example might be, let's say you come in with a, a hand problem. Right. And so you call, you know, one of the big health systems in town. You say, hey, I need to see I need to see an orthopedic surgeon. They connect you with someone who is an orthopedist, but actually specializes in spinal surgery. And so the problem is there's not a lot of good visibility and information the schedulers have at the time of scheduling to make sure that they're connecting patients to the right provider. I see. And how much does the patient have to self-diagnose in order to make this process work? That's a big part of it as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. so typically the schedulers are literally taking the patient's word for it, when really there ought to be a much more standardized approach, a Mm rules-based approach Mm -hmm. to figuring out who the right provider is. So, for example, you come in with back pain. One of the questions is, do you see a primary care doctor? Do you see an orthopedic surgeon? Do you see a physiatrist? Well, that depends on the kinds of pain that you're having, whether you have nerve symptoms, other things. And so the process of putting that in front of the scheduler in a way that's standardized, systematic, that's part of what we do. So you can imagine, you know, one of the things you would find if you came to our solution is rather than seeing a bunch of calendars, mm-hmm. it essentially be a, it's a search engine. So it looks mm-hmm. a lot like Google does. Uh, so the scheduler is actually just putting in the parameters for the search. We're then returning a series of questions that the scheduler needs to answer to make sure that we're connecting the doctor with the right patient. Then we do a lot of things like uh, we do a lot of predictive analytics. So, for example, we're able to predict which patients are going to cancel, which patients are going to not show up, and we can stratify them by that kind of risk. Now, you know, if you, if you know someone's going to not show up, we can actually double book you with somebody who's also not going to show up uh, to make sure that at least one of those slots is filled. Now, is that predictive analytics using things like what we learned about when we had the health grades focus mm-hmm. on, where they're using like consumer-driven data, yeah. whether I own or lease, whether I have a bunch of contacts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, those types of things? Is that what we're talking about, where you're accessing that, accessing that sort of information to tell you what is the likelihood mm-hmm. that CW is actually going to come in for his appointment? That's exactly the vision. So okay. right now, what we use is demographic data, which okay. is available at the time of scheduling. That's things like age sex, marital status, location, insurance type, things like that. But the vision is actually to do what airlines have been doing in terms of capacity utilization Mm -hmm. for years. So if you think about what the airlines do is they pull in all kinds of data, events, weather, uh, history, all the stuff they're pulling in. They're trying to figure out, are you going to show up? Are you going to switch the flight around? And they're really good at being able to, uh, and you probably experienced this, right? Mm -hmm. If you've been on a flight recently, those flights are full. Every single one of those flights is full. Yeah. And the reason they're able to do that is because they're able to leverage a lot of automation. They're able to leverage a lot of uh, analytics to figure out how you optimize this. And they do overbook. Will I get a chance to get $200 to see my doctor on a different day? I'm going to do that. (laughs) That's right. Or a voucher to see my doctor. (laughs) Well, what's amazing is that a lot of doctors already do this. And Mm -hmm. that's part of the reason the wait times are so high. Because if everybody shows up, then we're... We've got everybody here. That's exactly right. So right now, you know, the, a doctor's office will say, hey, my no-show rate's 20%. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to overbook one in five slots. Well, it turns out you're wrong <laughs> 75% of the time. Now, all of a sudden, you got patients lined up in the waiting room, 
It's very stressful. So it feels mm. like you're a lot busier than you actually are. So that's part of the problem we're trying to solve. Really try to smooth out the flow in clinics so it's less stressful. You're really taking advantage of all that existing capacity to make sure that you have access to doctors. Dr. Arun Mohan, co-founder of Radix Health, is talking about their technology platform that facilitates better scheduling and use of time for physicians, as well as uh, making sure that patient flow in outpatient hospital settings is optimized. And, and Arun, talk about the, the platform itself in terms of, uh, I'm, I don't know what the number is now. The last statistic that I heard about EHR um, utilization was somewhere in the 85% range. And I guess after this year, it's probably going to be 100% if I'm not mistaken. But how does it fit in? What's that conversation like with the practice that says, I've got an EHR, it has a scheduling capability. Why, why deploy this additional layer on top of that? Yeah. So uh, there are a couple of reasons for why you do it. And I think that gets to the value proposition for this. One, the cost of scheduling is actually pretty high for a lot of practices. So typically for every physician, there's anywhere from 0.3 to 0.4 scheduling FTEs. It's a real cost. We can reduce that by about 30 to 40%. So we can go from 0.3 to 0.15 or 0.4 to 0.2 schedulers because it's a much more automated, streamlined process. The other part of it, which is even more important, is that because current practices have 10 to 30% of their slots that are unfilled, uh, there are patients who could be seen that are not being seen. And that's a real revenue generator for a physician's Mm -hmm. practice. Even being able to move that needle 2%, 3% for a large provider group is real, real uh, dollars on the table. My spouse is much smarter than I am. She's done that before with dentists or other places. Hey, put me on the cancellation list if something comes up between now and that because you say, I'll see you in three weeks. But so hey, you can create a standby right, list. Right, a standby list. So is that part of the Radix functionality? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So mm-hmm. for, you know, one of the problems that clinics have now, and you, you, if you, if this is probably experienced this, but you get a reminder call, typically mm-hmm. a robocall, two days before, maybe a day yeah. before, uh, you realize that something else has happened. You schedule this appointment three months in advance, and you press the button, you cancel. Well, that actually goes to the clinic, and it usually enters like sort of a no-man's land because mm-hmm. that cancellation comes in in the evening. Mm-hmm. There's no one there to work the list of all the patients who potentially want that slot, and so those slots are never filled. So, for example, at some of the practices we're looking at, you know, the, the, of those cancellations that come in, the percent that are actually filled are about 60, 60 50%, 60%. So there's half of those cancellations aren't filled. So we automate that process. So what we do is we'll actually send out text messages and robocalls to patients who meet the same criteria for that visit. You can imagine sort of infinite number of wait lists. Mm -hmm. And as long as you meet the criteria for the visit, we're going to send you a robocall. You have a chance to take that appointment. Now you can get access to the physician. It's convenient for the physician's practice from a a cost and scheduling perspective as well. So you're saying that if I am, I'll use my dentist, for example, they do use an automated system that is fairly elegant and it uses text a lot. Mm-hmm. I have found that if I reply to the text, they actually, they get a text. You know what I'm saying? They, it, it's, it's a two-way, it's not just a one-way robo push. But if you're saying that if I'm using Radix Health or the, the practice is and I cancel, then the system knows that in our database, we have a number of other patients that based on their tip, their complaints, whatever they're dealing with, that there are similar people like that in our database. So we're going to contact them and see if they need to be seen. 
That's exactly right. And so we'll send out a text message to those patients who meet the criteria for the appointment. And that and that's a really important piece of it because not every slot is the same. So you can't just send out, you can't just have one wait list and go mm. through the wait list and, and right. pick the next patient. You got to find a patient who has the Acuity. criteria. Yeah. That's right. That meets that right. scheduling visit. You know, so the classic thing they talk about in business school is an airline seat that goes unfilled is revenue lost forever. So it seems like why is it in 2016 doctors are still having un would you say 30 percent or un- it, that's exactly right depends on the practice but the the data is about 10 to 30 percent and then mm-hmm. there are a bunch of visits that are probably clinically inappropriate and, it, and that's especially true with the larger health systems which is with the direction that that healthcare is moving so are you deployed in some places now yeah we're working with a couple of large physician practices uh probably you know, our first client is a, a large group here in atlanta called atlanta gastroenterology associates okay, yeah. uh, they're one of the largest gi practices in the country 100 physicians so we're working with them uh, as they were our first customer and now we're working with a couple of larger orthopedic practices as well we're in the process of really scaling up the customer base I, I find it interesting the the notion of my doctor's office contacting me to see if i need to be seen how are they finding that helps them get those open spots filled? They are finding, you know, anywhere from uh, three to 5% improvement in capacity utilization. Um, so right now we're, it's, uh, the data is all preliminary. It's still part of a uh, kind of a three-phase uh, uh, study that we're doing. But the preliminary data is very positive. We're seeing about a 40% reduction in scheduling costs, scheduling time. We're also seeing an improvement in capacity utilization. So from the platform itself, is it a browser on my machine or device that I'm using? How am I accessing it? Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's a cloud-based uh, software platform, uh, software as a service. Uh, so we're, you know, a scheduler literally goes on to the browser, gets the website, uh, and then we're sending messages back and forth to the electronic medical record. That's what I was going to ask. Is there, there, so there is a, some sort of an interface where the information that happens there that's right. Flows in. That's right. And, you know, whenever you mention the word integration, people start to get a little bit scared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the reality is that what we're doing is just sending demographic information back and forth. So these, you know, HL7 is, is the, the standard that we use. And we're literally just sending these things called ADT messages, SIU messages, a lot of fancy tech speak. But basically, we're sending these messages back and forth to the system to be able to communicate when an appointment has been made, what's available. Um, so that from a technical perspective, the integration is actually not that complex. Uh, there are some politics around it. Um, so there are, you know, the questions about data access and governance, that sort of thing. The good news is the barriers to integration have come way down in the last, you know, in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even the, the historically very closed systems, companies like Epic, Cerner, they've made their platforms relatively open. So all those companies offer APIs, able to communicate back and forth. And that's certainly true for some of the other companies like Athena Health or, or Greenway or mm-hmm. Allscripts. They're, they're relatively open. So if I get scheduled through the Radix Health platform, does that schedule addition then flow into the EHR's schedule, if you will, so yeah, they can see it in both sides? That's exactly right, because some people in the practice will still use the EHR for all their work. So, for example, mm-hmm. you senior doctor, they say, hey, listen, you got you to gotta follow up in the next three weeks. That schedule is that appointment is typically going to be made by someone at the front desk, right? And that person is usually using the existing electronic medical record because there are other things as well that might need to be done. So our software platform, at least the the, the what we have now, is really designed for contact centers, call centers. So it's places where a lot of appointments are being made. So for example, Atlanta Gastro, you know, they've got a, a scheduling center with about forty full time schedulers, um, and so those folks are the ones using Radix on a, on a on a dedicated basis. 
So for the group of people that really need to consider this from a practice perspective, it's just about any high volume practice that's really scheduling a lot of people, outpatients, as you mentioned, facilities, whether they're surgery centers or hospital-based programs, like their imaging centers and things like that. Uh, but no particular verticals within within that, really. It's just if they're having to book a lot of people, that's that's who needs to think about it. Yeah. And I think where we really see some positive ROI is when you have more than 10 providers in a, in a practice. So for the smaller practices, and these are less and less common nowadays, but you have solo practitioner, two physician group, there's less value. In that, in that system, the calendar works just it works fine. It's yes. not perfect, but it works fine. Uh, where this really starts to deliver some return is when you have 10 physicians, 20 physicians, or in the case of health systems, hundreds, thousands of physicians. Those current systems that exist nowadays that work for the one physician practice don't work for the 100 physician practice. And that's where we see the real opportunity. And so you, you mentioned the fact that I need fewer FTEs per provider to accomplish the same, if not more, scheduling. Uh, so clearly there's going to be an ROI there just because I'm not having to spend as much to book Mm-hmm. my people. I mean, how do you illuminate that for them? I mean, is it a, from the business perspective and how I get to use it, is it a per seat license? How do I gauge the platform? Yeah, it's a per physician per month fee. Okay. Uh, so it's again, it's a, a, a monthly fee. We don't have any long-term contracts. We really want people to use the service because they feel like it's delivering value. And how about the onboarding process? If I say I want to start tomorrow, how does that, what steps are involved? So typically we'll go down to the we'll go down to the practice, understand some of their existing scheduling processes, how they answer questions. We'll then build that into the system, uh, and that process will take anywhere from two to eight weeks at most. Mm-hmm. And then there is you know the the major constraint tends to be around the EMR integration, mm-hmm. and again that's not technical. It's just a matter of getting all the approvals and going through all the processes. So the good news is you, you know if we're already integrated with the system, that pro- that process is relatively easy. It just is a little bit more challenging if you're starting with a new system that we haven't currently worked with in the past. Right. In terms of that process, I, I assume just, just getting with their technical people, telling them where you're plugging in. and That's right. And all the, all the you know, more and more, a lot of the big EMRs have platforms for mm-hmm. this. So, you know, if you're Athena Health, you have the More Disruption Please uh, platform. If you're Greenway, you've got the Greenway Marketplace. If you're mm-hmm. Allscripts, you have the Allscripts Developers Program. So these things are becoming increasingly commonplace. These uh, front-end screens that you customize, does the practice have the ability to change those that's prompts exactly, as well? That's exactly right. that would be right. a big feature as well. That's exactly right. Because you know, at the end of the day, this is a pretty core function for a practice. Mm-hmm. It's like like we talked about airlines. If you can't schedule people for the seats, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's, there's no point in the plane taking off. Uh, same thing here. So this is a mission-critical function. Right. Um, so we want to work with the practice to really understand what their current workflow is and how we build that into the solution. There isn't a one-size-fits-all solution. The good news is there's not a ton of variability across these practices, but sometimes there's a little tweak here and there that we've got to make to, to make it work. What about the, you talked about some algorithms that you use to help that person in the scheduling office book me with the right specialist. How does that get populated? How do you come up with your algorithms that will help guide that person who may or may not be the best determinant of your complaint goes to this doctor. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'll, maybe I'll tell you a little bit about our team because I think that might um, help answer this question. So we've got a fantastic team comprised of data scientists, industrial engineers, computer scientists. 
our co-founder was previously at a, at a, data, a large data sciences company called Mu Sigma. And before that was actually here in Atlanta with a company called Manhattan Associates. Mm-hmm. And they do supply chain optimization. So for him, you know, the problem that we're solving is essentially a supply chain problem. The difference is that rather than boxes and packages, it's appointment slots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really what we're optimizing. And so what we have is a pretty advanced optimization engine. So we're pulling in all these different constraints and we're returning to the scheduler. Here are the rank order slots so that you can optimize load balancing. You can make sure that you have the right duration for the appointment. You can make sure that you're seeing the right doctor. For the scheduler, they're literally just, they're, they're really able to focus on what the patient needs as opposed to making the system work for them. So they're really saying, Charles, here's what I need. And they're putting that in the system. We're returning a list of rank-ordered slots that will optimize flow for the practice. So it's interesting that the EMR people haven't really gone down this path. It's just putting in the ability to put Arun on this 9 o'clock slot, and now it's filled. Yeah, no, it's... (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's strange that nobody's really gotten this elegant with it. Yeah, I think there are a couple of reasons. We've been asking ourselves the same question because every time you, you mm-hmm. think you stumble on a good idea, you ask yourself, <laughs> who's well, doing it already? Yeah, exactly. Why haven't they done it already? <laughs> yeah. And so there are, you know, I think a couple of reasons. One is EMRs are actually relatively new. We're only mm-hmm. talking about 20 years, really, and only 10 years since it's been widely adopted. Number two, some of the, you know, optimization techniques and advanced analytics that we're using are actually relatively new from a technologic perspective. So they haven't been around for a long time. Third is... You know, I think practices have been pretty comfortable up until now. I think as there is increasing consolidation, you get larger and larger practices. Those tools that didn't, that worked in the past don't work anymore. And so all those reasons, I, I think, are, you know, part of the reason which hasn't been done in the past and why we think there's a market opportunity uh, moving into the future. And as it relates to the information that you can gather and the way you talk about it, it's cloud-based, so I'd assume it's able to give you some decent analytics around this scheduling process. What kind of information can I glean from using the application? Yeah, we've, and we've built, uh, that's, uh, that's great because we built fairly robust uh, reporting features into the software. So one of the challenges we see as we talk to practices is they say, you know, I can't, I, I can't get the information out of the system. It's there, I just can't get it. So we built pretty robust reporting around access measures. So for example, one of the, the metrics that clinics usually track is called a third next available. So it's you know, for the third next available slot that's open, how long on average does it take to get that slot? We also look at things like capacity utilization, the mix of uh, services that a physician provides, and we put that to, you know, we give that to the user in a way that's really easy to access and really intuitive. So you can use that information to really understand where you are. I've always been amazed by, you know, if you go to many practices and you say, how are you doing in terms of your capacity utilization? I mean, they, they kind of say, well, what, what, do you, what do you mean exactly? Yeah. You know, I, I get, I, you know, I don't, I don't really understand. So we're trying to help them speak the language of access and uh, use it really bring operations research, industrial mm-hmm. engineering to healthcare. Yeah, you got to the edge of what I was thinking about mm-hmm. as a question, and that is, what's that conversation like when you knock on the door of the practice to say, hey, I would like to talk to you about optimizing your patient scheduling? <laughs> How do you lead them to realizing the fact that their EMR has a, a scheduling calendar in it, that that is leaving some opportunities out there? How do you open that door to make them go, oh, maybe I should talk to this guy. Yeah. And what we found is that a lot of times practices aren't happy with the way things are going. 
So one of the problems that many practices have is, I'll call it the, how did this patient get on my schedule problem? Um, so, you know, the, the doctor who's a partner in the practice goes to the, you know, goes to the front desk and is very upset because this patient really should have gone to this doctor. And why is this person on my schedule? I didn't say I could see this kind of patient. So they, they understand there are problems. They just don't understand where the solution is. So typically that conversation is, hey, how are things going? Tell me about what's happening. What is your no-show rate? Those are things that really resonate with practices. And then once we start talking about things like no-shows or scheduling accuracy and we start to understand how our solution can fill that, then we take the next step of here's how we can actually improve scheduling cost. Here's how we can actually improve capacity utilization. One of the things that we always want to know from the guests that join us here on the Health Connect South radio show, Arun, is are there partnerships or collaborations, are there resources that you're looking for at Radix Health that will help you accelerate and expand you know, this solution out there at a faster pace to reach more people so that they can take advantage of it? Are there collaborations where you're maybe linking up, say, with the, the Greenways and the Athenas of the world where when they are introducing a practice to their EMR that you're more or less coming along for the ride. You see what I'm saying with that? Do, do you look for that kind of collaboration? What are, you, what are you trying to find? Absolutely. I think, you know, as an early stage venture, you know, I think there are three things that most early stage ventures need. It's, you know, it's, it's cash, customers, <laughs> I can't find another C for it, but employees, you know, yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, and we're certainly no different. I think we're looking for all three. We're in the up until now. It's been it's been a, a very a tight investment group. We'll be expanding that in the near future. So we'll be looking for more capital, and we're also looking for large partners, whether that's distribution partners like EMRs or uh, health system partners to help us develop and, and validate this technology in that setting. Uh, right now, our customers are really large independent physician practices, and that's because you know number one. The physicians are pretty close to the problem, and they see that it's, something's not working. And number two, the decision, you know, the, the sales cycle is much shorter for those kinds of practices. So we can have a conversation in two months, three months, actually have a contract. With health system partners, that's, you know, that's really kind of a, you know, a year-long, yeah. two-year-long yes. <laughs> process. And so we wanted to get up and running as quickly as possible. But now that we're, we're showing that technology works... We're looking for that next step in the sales channel. Are you going to remain focused on the scheduling optimization side of things, or are there other issues around the the practice or hospital ambulatory environment that you'll be taking on with your platform? Yeah, there's, so there are a couple of things. One is we, we do now have a patient self-scheduling platform. So the question we asked is, could patients use the same rules that a scheduler uses to book an appointment themselves? Would that be easier? Would that expand access? Would it allow a practice to attract more patients? Uh, and we think the answer is yes. And so we have a platform that's just, it's a white label platform. It sits on the physician's uh, uh, website and a patient can go online and they can schedule an appointment using the same rules that the practice does. So they get the same questions and all of that that That's somebody exactly would right. be prompting. Yeah, that was one of the questions I had. You talked about automating before, but if it's still waiting for the scheduler to get in the morning to look at the email traffic or text messages that came in, the self-scheduling thing would be a big advantage of things for, that's for exactly, patients. That, that's exactly right. I mean, right mm -hmm. now, you know, I think the, the number is about 1% or 2% of appointments naturally and nationally are booked online. We think that number is going to be, you know, 20, 30 percent in the next few years. And one of the major reasons it hasn't taken off is because there's been a sort of a one size fits all approach to online scheduling, yep. which isn't really it's just the an open slot of time. It, you know, yeah. is it got does it have somebody put on it or not? And then again, like you talked about from one patient to the next in terms of encounters within a practice, one might take 
five or 10 minutes and another one might take 20 or 30 to accomplish it. So that, for the same for physician, just this appointment is radically different. This one's a follow-up, this one's a consult, that kind of thing. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. The, the, self, the self-scheduling doesn't mean there somebody could still follow up if they hadn't answered the questions or if they knew the patient, say, this isn't appropriate. So it's not it's not locked and loaded, right? That just the patient goes in and r- reserves a slot. Uh, the, well, the no, they're actually answering questions to figure out what is the right slot. Okay. So, you know, depending on, let's say you come in with, uh, you, you're trying to find a general GI appointment. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll be prompted around a series of questions. You know, do you have hepatitis? Are you mm-hmm. having a fever? Do you have all these things the scheduler will ask to figure mm-hmm. out who the right doctor is? We'll ask you, and then you walk away with an appointment. Okay. You know, and then the next step from there, I think, is we're really focused on you know, the you know, physician outpatient space right now. Uh, but the next steps from here are things like ambulatory surgery centers, uh, eventually inpatient scheduling as well. Uh, so there's real, we think there's a real opportunity to take these technologies, the, the systems that we have, and apply them to every level of healthcare. Are you doing most of your introduction to the platform through just outside, I guess, sales, if you will? You're walking into a practice to see if you can get a conversation started or you have inside sales. How are you, how are you letting people know you're here? Yeah, right now it's been a direct sales effort. We're certainly getting some referrals from existing customers, uh, but for the most part, it's just been direct sales. Where do folks go to get more information about Radix, whether it's website, social media, whatever the case may be, where they can get some information? They can go to uh, our website, uh, radixhealth.com. Certainly, you can email us directly. Our telephone numbers are on there. We'd love to tell you more about what we do and explore how we can work together. Any final thoughts before we let you get on with the rest of your afternoon? No, this has been, you know, this has been fantastic. I, I think, um, you know, for, for us, we're really trying to solve this problem of access and healthcare. Uh, you know, we're expecting a massive physician shortage in the next 25 years. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, by 2025, we estimate about 95,000 physicians or about 95,000 physicians short. And so what that means is <sighs> huge. Yeah. Either we've got to change how we do work or we've got to optimize our existing capacity. And we think part of that answer for the second part is a solution like ours. Well, it's been a treat to have you in the studio to learn about this technology. It's very cool. Yeah, I was going to say any service business people know about capacity utilization and utilization rates. So I think it's great that it's being brought into these medical practices. And I was just going to mention that the next Health Connects Health event is set for April 5th in Nashville, Tennessee. It's entrepreneurship and investing in health startups like Radix Health. And you can go to the healthconnectshealth.com website and click on events and register there. Is there a promo code that they can use to... Yes, there will be Radio X by the time. Awesome. That, just type in uh, Radio X and we'll make sure that you get a discount code for that. Sure. <laughs> Very cool. If you're checking out the podcast today and you've not done so already, if you look in the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the iTunes store where the Health Connect South radio show podcast lives. Subscribe to us. And each week when a new episode comes out, it'll be downloaded straight to your device for you for the ride to work, the walking the dog, whatever the case may be for you. And we hope you turn around and share this information with your social networks because you never know when you might just be putting the information in the hands of somebody that you care about that really turns their business or in this case their practice around and and does something great for them. So we hope that you help us get the word out about what the folks at Radix Health are trying to achieve for patient access through through their technology platform. Jay Schaefer. Hey CW. Nice to have you here in the studio, man. Thanks for including me. Thanks to uh, Russ LaPerry and Shivani Goswami over at Health Connect South as well. And Arun, thanks for making some time to join us in the studio to talk about what you're doing. It's really cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a real pleasure. And for all the folks who made us a part of their day today, I want to say thank you very much. Your time is important to us. Make sure you make an appointment to see us same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. <laughs> 